1,989 years ago, St. Peter himself stood forth and announced with great joy and thanksgiving the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. From that day onward, the Church has faithfully preached the resurrection of Jesus from the dead in an unbroken line. There is no gap in the historical record. Jesus is risen from the dead. We have handed this truth on to those who come after us and come after us until today, when I stand before you and proclaim with great joy and thanksgiving the same message as St. Peter, the one who is Lord, the one who was crucified. He has risen from the dead. He has conquered death. And yet, as I announce this news to you, I don't at all feel like St. Peter, whose first announcement of the resurrection convinced 3,000 people to be baptized into Christianity instantly. Now, of course, he's St. Peter. He's going to be a better preacher. But there's more to it than that. Instead of feeling like St. Peter, I feel far more like Cassandra, the Trojan princess from ancient Greek drama who was blessed with the gift of prophecy only to be cursed that no one should believe her. Cassandra knows that the Trojan horse is full of Greek soldiers. She knows that her city will be destroyed if that horse is let inside the walls. And she yells and screams and begs, and yet no one listens to her. After the war, when she is enslaved by Agamemnon, the victorious Greek king, she knows that Agamemnon and Cassandra herself will be murdered by his wife Clytemnestra when he returns home. And Cassandra warns him and begs him not to go, and yet he goes anyway, leading to both of their deaths. Imagine the desperation that Cassandra feels, knowing with absolute certainty the doom that lies ahead and yet being completely ignored as everyone who hears her writes her off as a madwoman. I feel this same desperation, the desperation of Cassandra so well described by the Greek dramatists. Whenever I try to convince this world or this city or sometimes even this parish that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and that our only hope for salvation is in him. Why is it? Why does the announcement of the resurrection, the greatest news ever given to humanity, today fail to convert hearts or change lives? Why does the announcement of the resurrection 2,000 years later not instantly result in 3,000 people requesting baptism? In chemistry, there is this idea of an activation energy. If you have a chemical reaction, which is to say a change, there has to be enough energy put into it to overcome the forces that resist it. 
the energy of the resurrection, the energy of the announcement that Christ has defeated death, somehow is not enough to convince us today in the modern world to change. Why? Well, I think there are three reasons. First, there are those of us who do not want to believe that there is any kind of threat, any kind of problem. We want to believe that the world is just fine the way it is. It was so much easier for the Trojans to believe that the war was over and that the horse was a gift of peace. It was so much easier for Agamemnon to believe that his wife Clytemnestra had forgiven him for the sacrifice of his daughter Iphigenia, and that he would be welcomed home as the beloved victor. And it is so much easier for us to believe that this world of ours is balanced, functional, and redeemable. It is so much easier for us to believe that whatever is broken around us or in us can be fixed by us through politics or programs or platitudes, to believe that somehow humanity can save itself. But that's not the reality. From the sin of Adam onward, we humans have been lost, lost to our own corruption. And nothing has ever gotten better. The children of Adam and Eve killed each other, and today we kill each other. The myth of human progress is a lie. Just because our technology improves does not mean that humanity is any less violent or selfish than it has been from the beginning. We live in a world under the permanent dominion of sin and death. And if secularism is to be believed that we are left alone in the void of space, then our world and our species are without hope or future. The threat is real. The need for a savior is real, and we have to stop pretending otherwise. Next, of course, there are those of us who don't want to believe that there is any hope. Maybe we can see with eyes unclouded that the world we live in is broken and in need of a savior. But then we become fatalists and stoics. Okay, the world is irredeemably broken. Shouldn't we just make peace with that? Shouldn't we just find ways to accept sin, suffering, and death? Shouldn't we deceive ourselves into thinking that this is all just a natural part of being human? That there is nothing better that we can hope for? That somehow this was God's plan when we were created, that we should sin and suffer and die? But why? Why would we settle for something so rotten when Jesus Christ is risen from the dead? There was a man, the only one in the entire history of our species, who conquered death. And in conquering death, showed that he was also the victor over sin and all the corruption to which we are subject. Jesus of Nazareth. Born in the Roman province of Palestine during the reign of the Roman Emperor Augustus, was crucified by those Romans in that same province during the reign of the Emperor Tiberius. And yet, later that same week, this Jesus was seen alive and glorified by hundreds of eyewitnesses. 
We have today in our possession multiple historically verified documents written by these eyewitnesses. From a historical perspective, we are more certain about the life, death, and resurrection from the dead of Jesus of Nazareth than we are about the historical details of any ancient person beyond the Roman emperors themselves. There is no doubt Jesus is risen from the dead. And yet, for so many of us, for some inexplicable reason, it is preferable to believe that the resurrection is a myth, a fable, something made up by delirious, backwards, ancient people who didn't know any better. It is preferable to consider religion the opiate of the masses. It is preferable to stay mired in our muck. In a perverse form of Stockholm Syndrome, we would rather cling to our captivity than entertain the slightest glimmer of well-founded hope. We would rather believe that we are stuck in sin and suffering and death than believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And then finally, there are those of us who do not want to believe that any of this matters. We receive the news of the resurrection with indifference. We may not disbelieve that our world is broken and in need of a savior. We may not disbelieve that the resurrection, we may not disbelieve that Jesus is raised from the dead. But it's not top of mind. It doesn't really change what we do, how we behave, or the meaning of our lives. It is something mildly helpful that we call upon when we need it and file away when we don't. My friends, if you find yourself in this category, it means that you do not really understand what I am proclaiming to you. If you witnessed a man get run over by a bus and then get up unscathed, healthier than ever, if you were to watch a body be buried in a cemetery and then were to meet that person the next day, healthy and vivacious, next to their empty tomb, your response would not be a shrug of the shoulders. This would be the most important experience of your life. It would permanently change the way you think and act. And if that resurrected person told you that you, too, could be free of the threat of corruption and death, if you just spend time with them, then you would spend the rest of your life permanently at their side. This is truly, literally, what I am telling you about Jesus. Jesus did rise from the dead. If we are ever to escape the inescapable forces that plague us, those of sin and death, then he is the only one with those answers because he is the only one who has risen from the dead. Why are we not seeking him as though our lives depend on it, which they literally do? Why are we not here Sunday after Sunday receiving the words of literal, actual, eternal life? Which compels me once again to assume the role of Cassandra, desperately pleading to be believed by those she is trying to save. Do you see? Do you understand? 
that the resurrection of Jesus is our only hope for salvation from the inevitable destruction of sin and death? Do you understand that without him, we are doomed? And if you do see this, if you do understand it, then have you made the resurrection of Jesus your central focus and concern? Have you allowed it to shape and change your life, governing every decision and commitment? Please, I beg you, do not brush off the resurrection as the prophecy of a madman, as something that can be hidden, compartmentalized, mythologized, or ignored until it is convenient. Either the resurrection becomes the center of our lives, or we are doomed.